Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me this evening is my beautiful wife, Joanna. Joanna, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Good. How are you doing? Great. We almost missed this because hmm. the power went out at like 6 or mm-hmm. 5.30 or yep. something like that. or something. Yeah. And then the power company sent us a text message saying the power would be back on after late this evening. So we didn't think we were going to get going. But everything came back on and the internet's moving and it looks like we are live. So uh, we already sent out a couple of posts on Facebook pages saying we're not going to be on tonight. So I don't expect <laughs> a lot of live viewers, but that doesn't matter. If anyone is listening, uh, I have my phone plugged into the board. So if you're a friend of mine, you know my phone number, you can give a call and you can get in on the conversation and you can comment on what we are talking about, which is parenting Christian teenagers. So, uh, Joanna, tell me, what were you thinking as far as this topic? What made you want to talk about it? What do you want to get into? Do you have any questions? Do you have anything you wanted to bring up specifically? I kind of leaned on my wife on this one a little bit and was like, yep, let me know what you want to talk about. So, we talked about several subjects. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got on this one and mm-hmm. it sounded like we are parents and we, we are have <laughs> three teenage boys Yep, and they're Christians. Yeah. So that's the title, Parenting Christian Teenagers. So that's where we're at. Yeah. So um, what were you thinking? What did yeah, you want to know? I was thinking about they are showing interest in girls. Oh, there are they? There are no girls really around and they're mm-hmm. homeschool boys, so they have no clue how to approach a girl anyway. So we're not in any dangerous territory yet to discuss dating or courtship, but it's right around the corner. Yeah. Cause our oldest is 15 and then 14 and then 13. And and for those of you that might be just joining us for the first time, we have six kids and uh, we homeschool all of them and we have homeschooled them from day one. So they, have less interaction with girls when they're not around when they're not in a supervised role i would imagine i think it would be safe to say that our kids have had zero interaction with girls when they haven't been supervised either by us or by somebody else yeah okay i'm sure so that's where we're coming from and sooner or later our kids are going to want to uh pursue Uh, a relationship with a girl and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about because there's lots of theories on this in christianity there's a broad spectrum as far as different ways people will approach this situation and we kind of wanted to talk about what our thoughts are on the subject and we haven't really sat down and hammered this out hard we've had casual discussions several times through our marriage of Is June going to be 17 years? Yeah, 17 years. So through that time, we've had conversations, but they've always been kind of casual simply because we were always so many years away from it that we didn't really hammer out any hard and fast rules. What we have done through our whole marriage is pointed at horrible examples, and we've been like, yeah, we're not doing that. You know, that's a train wreck. So uh, what... Uh, let me let me ask you this. I am getting a little bit of a glare off of your glasses. Do you need them for, no. can you set those down? Yeah. yeah, the light is just, 
shining. There you go. I don't know where I am now. That's fine. You just got (laughs) to, whenever your teeth bump into the microphone, back off four inches. That's all you got to (laughs) do. Okay. So either tell me your first thoughts or ask me a question. Well, um, I'm not quite sure how we want to handle this maybe future dating thing. I know exactly how I want to handle it, but go ahead. (laughs) Slash courtship. She's a bad parent. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Um, well, I've had discussions with friends whose kids are just a little bit older than ours. Oh, okay. Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Or they'll just bring up, hey, you know, my son is, he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Or they're doing this, they're going out with their boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, such and such. Okay. So, so give me an example of a conversation that makes your skin crawl or a conversation where you're like, oh, that parent, you know, seems to have a, a good head on their shoulders and I like the way they're doing it. Well, specific conversations, I'm not sure. The That's one fine. idea I'm not sure I'm comfortable with is uh-huh. dating just to date. Tell me what you mean. As just opposed to, as a, okay, so dating to have fun as opposed to what? Um, dating with the purpose of, hey, this is someone maybe I'd like to marry. I mm-hmm. want to get to know them better. Yep. What What's the point? Or I, I don't, I've, I have heard some people talk about, they're Christian, well, they they call themselves a Christian family, right? Sure. But it seems like the dating you is You know this more is going to be bad because you started with the caveat of, well, they call themselves a Christian family. Well, I don't family. know, are, <laughs> are they really saved or are they, I don't know, how serious are they? Okay. Or maybe, you know, maybe they go to church once in a while. Uh-huh. I hope that doesn't sound bad, but no, you know. we can we can leave their salvation to the side. Um, when you say um, they might be Christian, what do you mean? Well, I don't know how serious they are. Okay, so you're are not talking an, about they, salvation. You're talking about they might not be serious Christians. Are they an example I really should be looking at for uh-huh. for? for Something to model my life after, I don't know. Okay. And these so, people, their idea is what? Or their experience um, has been what? You know, like maybe letting their kids date sort of for fun. Mm-hmm. And here's, this is kind of a side note. We don't need to go down here. But there are some sort of worldly, I don't know what you call them, slogans for lack of anything else that have crept into a Christian's in place of principles. Okay. Just, fan, you know. Uh, fancy sounding phrases like um, do what's right for you or uh-huh. to, you need to get to know yourself. Uh-huh. The kid needs to get to know who they are okay, and decide what they want. Sure. So, so I've heard those little catchphrases or I don't know what you'd call those. Um, well, what they, what they are is they're euphemisms, euphemism, which really mean I'm not going to be doing what the Bible says and here's my justification for it. So the idea of you got to get to know yourself and you figure out what, <clears throat> figure out who you are mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, what you like, what you want, things like that. <clears throat> I have heard Christian families say that about their, well, about everything, but sure. specifically about the reason why they're letting their 16, 17-year-old just go on dates with, with people, uh, you know, whoever. Okay. And... I don't think I want that. No, like I'm going to the- I'm going to go so far as to say that's a horrible stupid idea because you're not supposed to figure out what you want. You're supposed to figure out what God wants. 
And then within the framework of what God wants and what God finds acceptable, then guess what? You get to choose. And and here's my point. So let, let me start back just a little bit and make this initial point. I believe the purpose of a date. So a date is an event. Okay. You are going to spend time with uh, one of our sons will spend time with a girl and the purpose is to get to know them. Dating should really only be for the end goal of marriage. So do I want to marry this girl or do I find a red flag that comes up that makes me concerned that this is not the one that God wants me to be with? And we'll get into some more details about that in a little bit. So, uh, so I'm going to, you know, just go on the record and say, if you are on a date with a girl for any other purpose other than to find your mate, your future spouse, it's a waste of time. And I'm going to go so far as to say that it's going to be a bad thing. You're going to be getting to know someone and you're going to start to develop a level of intimacy where they get to know you personally, you get to know them personally. And really, you don't want to start having deep feelings for a person that is not going to be your spouse. There's, yeah, it's not, that makes sense It's not me. helping anything. Yeah, you, well, I mean, you don't want to get super attached to all of the, this train of people. Mm-hmm. And then little pieces of your heart are stuck with that person and the yeah. next person. Yeah, you don't want to become emotionally involved right. with a whole bunch of people. So that's what I'm going to start with. So then number two... Uh, what I'm going to say is you are not supposed to, and I hate that we keep using the word date because we haven't defined it yet, but we can define it in a little bit. You're not supposed to be trying to figure out what you want in your spouse. The goal that you are supposed to determine and figure out before you go out on your first date is what does God want for me? What does God want the woman that I'm going to marry to be like? What attributes does God want her to have? What attributes are going to help a marriage? What attributes are going to be good for a family? Uh, What attributes is a woman going to have that's going to make her a good mother and a good grandmother? Then when you figure those things out, what am I looking for that's going to tell me that this woman is a good Christian? Right. Once I figure those things out, then what I'm looking to do is meet a girl that fits inside that framework. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to try to figure out if my parents and God like this girl and are good with her. And then if I am, and then hopefully she feels the same way and we can move forward. But if you're not figuring out if the girl fits within the framework of what the Bible says makes a good spouse, you're wasting your time. As a matter of fact, you're going in the wrong direction. That's going to be destructive. Well, I mean, you can see the product of that in so many marriages. Yeah. They're not going after what God wants. They're trying to figure out, well, what do I like? Well, I like a girl with green eyes. Mm. Okay, so, you know, 
I like a girl that's taller than five, six. I mean, <laughs> what, you know, bring up whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want. Uh, I don't want to, I don't know. So, so you go down that road and I think you're going to get yourself in trouble as opposed to figuring out what God wants and what make, is going to make a good marriage. Mm-hmm. And then finding a girl in that framework that you care about. Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, like I said, you said you, euphemisms are the word, or that's what I was looking for. Uh-huh. Worldly ideas creep in. And even sometimes I think people don't even realize what they're doing. They've adopted these ideas as a principle by, by default instead of having a biblical principle on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so then they just go on autopilot with these faulty starting points. Yeah, what they're doing is they're going based off of feeling mm-hmm. rather than principle. Right. And that's where every Christian gets themselves in trouble. Okay, how do I feel? What do I like? Yeah. As opposed to what does God want? And how cuz when we do what God wants, we're blessed. When we disobey God, we're cursed. And the problem is a lot of people go after what they want. Well, what we want is oftentimes... It's not good for us. Yeah, it's not good for <laughs> us. It's not what God wants. Or it's not the very best. Sure. And I mean, you, you think about how marriage is always difficult Yeah. for everyone at, mm-hmm. at certain points. Yeah. So you better start with what God had for you mm-hmm. or it's going to be really hard. Yeah. It's going to be easy to give that thing <laughs> up be, and end yeah. the divorce. So anyway. Okay, so then we come down to when when we say or when you say date or dating, tell me what you mean. Well, I'm not quite sure what would be um the ideal format. Mm-hmm. I when I think of dating, I think of um time to get to know that person. Okay. Um and I like that. I have no objection to that. Good. Most often when you think of dating, it's a one-on-one format mm-hmm. without uh some form of a chaperone or an accountability yeah now type of person <laughs> yes so that's the world's view of dating yeah and, and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna object to that i wouldn't and, want that for our, our kids and we no. haven't talked about what are we going to do yeah so what i would want as far as you and and one term that you're going to hear oftentimes in Christian circles, especially in conservative Christian circles, is this term courtship as opposed to dating. And that's fine. Um, We can use whatever term we want. uh, But if we don't define the term, then that's what gets us veering off into Mm -hmm. the weeds. So we we can talk about, you know, the Christian dating. Because honestly, I didn't look up the term courtship and I didn't do enough research on this. Right. um, Because the two and a half hours leading up to this podcast, article, the internet before. and power was out, so <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have a chance to to look into this. So we were just kind of spitballing what do we want to talk about. So I am very unprepared with notes and Bible verses and anything. But as far as we're talking about Christian dating, uh, absolutely. Time spent with another person to get to know them. Great. Um, with that, I would want to say there definitely needs to be a chaperone. There needs to be some other person within a vicinity to make sure that everything stays on the up and up. And really, if you're going the a teenage boy and a teenage girl that 
you know, the boy drives over to the girl's house and, you know, knocks on the door and they jump in the car and they, you know, say they're going to the movies with a bunch of friends. And in fact, they're just going out to a field, you know, for a roll on the hay or, you know, or to get in trouble somehow or some way or going to a party out in the desert or whatever you want to call it. I think that's an absolute recipe for disaster. So the best thing to do is to get to know each other with each other's families Mm, yeah he goes over to her house gets to know her mom and dad her brother and sister um plays board games over there uh they come over here we have dinner here um you know uh, the girl that they want to date is over here with our family we all get to know play some cards play a board game whatever um within that framework Everyone is going to get to know this person and we're going to figure out together as a family uh, what's going to be best. And I know that idea is foreign to a lot of people. Um, And I hate to say it is because a lot of parents who are hearing this are thinking, man, I'd sure like to have that be what we do, you know, because I don't. I don't like the girl that I heard my my best friend, her son's dating, and I don't want that. I would like to do it this way. Well, I'm just going to tell everybody, if that's your goal, you need to start earlier than when they're 16. Because when they're 16, 17, 18, and they have their driver's license, if you don't have the heart of your child, if they don't trust you and love you and and believe that you have the best intent for their lives, then they're not going to give you that influence. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to do what you say. So you need to be working on this your whole life with your kid, and then you can go down this route. The goal would be for mom and dad to get to know the young lady that their son is interested in, and the goal would be for her mom and dad to get to know our son and then you and I and her parents can all talk we can figure out if there are objections or issues you know and we can help form an opinion and make a decision yeah um in the end you know we're not talking about a full-on arranged marriage but what we're talking about is assisting in the process uh any issues with that so far is that how does that sound it makes sense to me, and I would definitely say some people would would resist that and say, well, I need to show the, my son or daughter I trust them and I need to give them independence. Uh-huh. However, I think that in that situation, it's not, it's not good to let them be alone together because we all, we all know. Yeah. We all what, know why. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, that's You're what young a young man and a young woman. <laughs> the temptation that, is. That's what happens. They're physically attracted to each other, you and know. So un inexperienced in life. And a lot of them don't have the uh, discipline. Discipline, yeah. They don't have the, oh, what's it called? Uh, the self control <clears throat> to do what's best. Some of them do, but. It's too much. Yeah. It's, I, and it's asking too much I, of I, someone. I, well,. You and I know plenty of people who have gotten pregnant prior to their wedding day. Yeah. And one of the big problems is if you are getting to know a girl, you know, and I'm talking about getting to know a girl because we have three sons yeah. that are going to start right, this right. process. So <clears throat> if you're getting to know a girl and uh, you are just throwing the car keys and it's like, okay, be back by midnight. We won't wait up, you know, and it's that kind of parenting, which let's face it, is the majority of christian parenting 
let alone the world you know, that's the majority of it. Well, then what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to end up pregnant and you're going to be forced down into a road where you weren't planning on going. You're going to end up marrying someone that really you shouldn't have been marrying. They're not a good person for you, whether it's the guy or the girl, it doesn't matter. And uh, you're going to have someone who was a a solid Christian who slipped up and made a bonehead mistake one time, and they did it with someone that doesn't really care about the Lord that much. And now you have your entire uh, life as a parent and all the time and energy you poured into this person, they're going to end up getting married to uh, somebody that they got pregnant with that they weren't intending on marrying because they realized they're not really what God wants for me. And... The rest of their life is going to be yeah, really it's, difficult. It's, yeah, the consequences are so severe. So if it, severe. If it's not the right person. You got it. And besides that, I've heard women express to me when they were in that situation, mm-hmm. they always, let's say, and they stayed together. Okay. But so tell, said, <clears throat> in what situation? Ex- oh, d- uh, explain got pregnant the, when they were young, outside okay. of marriage because of the temptation. They got just it. Okay. Up, That's know, what ended up takes happening. Takes two minutes and sure. you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so then they stayed together because mm. it was the right thing to do. And okay. even though they were together, the woman would express to me, I still never felt like he really wanted to be with me. Sure. So, and it's something the two of us got stuck together. Yeah. Because of the kid. It's just a little side note. Something that no, it happens. I get it. Women, I don't know if it haunts men, but women, we worry all the time. So, it's another psychological issue down the road. I wonder if he would have. Sure. Wanted to be. You might always be wondering that, right? Because all the girl and the guy are thinking is, well, all they, all I know, they wanted to do was get into my pants. I don't know if they wanted to put a ring on this finger and promise me the work. Yeah. So, so anyway, just a bit of a side note there. So for me, the way I look at it is, um, have a chaperone. This doesn't mean that, uh, the couple cannot have, you know, uh, time together to get to want to know one another. Uh, personally, I think a few things that should go back into dating that have kind of fallen away, uh, writing letters. Yeah. I think that's a good you idea. Do phone calls if they want quiet alone. Number two time. was phone calls. Yeah. I am not a favor of private phone calls. You got it. Oh, why not? Um, again, it's just starting to go down a road where I'm concerned about what it could lead to. So for me, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, sit in the living room, sit on the phone. You can talk for 20 minutes. Okay. okay. There you go. Sure. H- have a conversation. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going to be listening in. I don't care what you're talking about. I just know that if the family is close by enough, you know, it's going mm-hmm. to remain up and up yeah. enough. Um, writing letters and then uh, the, the same thing. Uh, the young lady comes over to the house. We have dinner. We play a board game. Okay, you guys want to go sit out on the deck and talk, you know, one-on-one? Great. We open up the windows on that side of the house. <laughs> You're out there on right. the deck. You have some privacy. Okay, okay but we're right here. And, sure. you know, anytime someone walks by the window, we can, you know, take a peek out the window and check on you. It, it's not like you don't have any time or opportunity or ability to get to know one another and have a little bit of privacy. The reason that families are careful about these things is because you just want to keep themselves from uh, hurting themselves. 
the, the same reason you guard after a toddler and the same reason you guard after kids of every age is because they can do damage to themselves that they don't think about or consider. Right. And that's what the parents there is to try to protect that and help them with that. So that's all you're trying to do. And then what it comes down to is, um, you know, do you guys believe that this is, you know, the one for you? Do you want to continue to get to know them? Are there any red flags that have come up that Mm -hmm. you want to discuss and, and figure out? Or has God said, no, this is not the one. And if that's the case, then you part ways and you, you're going to meet someone else. What are your thoughts? No, I mean, it sounds good. I'm definitely on the side of more parental control and more chaperone than less, especially nowadays. Yeah. I'm not surprised that that's your, your take on it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm probably right behind you. Mm-hmm. The phone call thing, I wasn't so sure. I thought it'd be fine, but. I think that would be something where it's like, okay, you know, if we feel comfortable with you guys, then go ahead and, mm-hmm. you know, have a private conversation, that kind of thing. In the same way, you know, at some point, um, you guys can take a walk around the block together, you know. So, again, It's up to you whether you feel like a level of trust is warranted and then you can give it to them, but you don't have to. There's nothing wrong with getting to know one another around each other's family. And then guess what? On your wedding night and every day after that, you guys can hang out by yourselves as much as you want. Yeah. You know, from that point on, you have something to look forward to and you're going to, you know, enjoy spending a whole lot of time around one another. Well, you know, as you're saying that, I was just thinking about the mass carnage that is modern day marriages. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and relationships are Mm -hmm. a disaster. So, Mm -hmm. if you think about that... um. Maybe it makes sense to have more parental involvement. When you look at the world, the problem with the world is not too many arranged marriages. No. That's not the problem with the world. The problem with the world is the divorce rate. Right. Because parents are not involved and God's not involved. That is so true. Okay. <clears throat> Let me give you an idea here. And you can... Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up along those lines? Hmm. I figured, no. okay, well, I'm going to bring up a little bit of Bible because this is the Bible Thumper podcast and that way I'll feel like I'm doing Yeah, we my should job. put some Bible in here, there not just go. our feelings. <laughs> All right, so this is prior to Adam being given Eve. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So what did God give Adam? A job to do. He gave him a job. So, Adam, this is your job. You are an arborist. You are a horticulturist. Mm -hmm. You are going to grow the things in the garden. You're going to tend to the garden. Uh, You are going to, as the King James Bible says, dress it and keep it. So, prior to Adam getting a wife, he had a job. And this, I believe, is important 
because a lot of people don't take the role of husband seriously. You are supposed to know the direction your life is going prior to getting married. So you should, maybe you're in college, maybe you're not. Maybe you have a skill, maybe you're in a trade school, maybe you're working at a job where you're learning a skill. My point is simply this. The husband or the young man who asks a woman to marry him is asking her to follow him. That's what he's doing. He's asking her to follow him. And if you don't know where you're going, then any train will get you there. And that's my point is the young man needs to know the direction he's going so the woman can confidently get in the car with him and go in that direction. All right. You don't want, you know, the guy just driving in circles in a parking lot. So number one, he had a job. Number two, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Although some people say that this idea is a stretch, God gave Adam in these two verses his law. That was it. It was simple. It was very short. There was only one rule. But God gave Adam the whole law. Keep in mind, the law of Moses comes later. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the entire Tanakh is written over thousands of years. But God gave Adam, look, this is my law. You need to understand this is what I expect of you. I believe we can extrapolate from that the idea that a young man needs to know God and he needs to know God well. He should be established in the word of God prior to asking a woman to marry him. I think every man that gets into marriage without that is looking for trouble. He should know what the Bible says. He should have a firm grasp on it. After all, it's the job of the husband to lead the family in worshiping God, reading the Bible and praying and singing songs and all of these things. So if he doesn't know what the Bible says, well, how's he supposed to do that? So I think that... One reason a lot of young men are set up for failure is they don't have a job, they don't know what they want to do with their life, and they have no idea what the Word of God says. So they are wholly unequipped to go out on a date with anybody, let alone the girl that God has to marry him. What do you think? Right, and I mean, that flies against, you know, modern culture. Sure. And modern Christian culture. Yeah. Because Christian culture has adopted the worldly culture, right? Yeah. So I I agree with you. Uh-huh. And um I can understand I can understand why. Because if a man is aimlessly wandering, how can he offer anything to a woman and how can he support his family? Yeah. But you can understand how that goes against I mean, so many people are going to disagree with you. Oh, I could care less. (laughs) They can get their own podcast. Right. (laughs) Hey, this is Bible Thumper where someone's got to say it. Yeah, we don't care what people think on this podcast. You know, I am here to talk about what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And 
anyone that wants to know what the Bible says needs to expect it to fly in the face right. of modern day American culture. Right. If you think the Bible goes along with modern day American culture, you're a moron and you're clearly not reading your Bible. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. I want our lives and this podcast and our church to be an example of what the Bible says, not what makes people happy. So I understand. Yeah. But nowadays, what does dating look like? Um, What's the purpose? What does it look like? The purpose is just to have fun. I mean... I'm attracted yeah. to women, so I want to hang out with them. And well, there's a pretty it, one, so I'll yeah. ask her out on a date. Oh, well, and it depends on which section of our culture you're talking about. I sure. mean, it's for, for hooking up. Yep. It's for Plenty all kinds of, that. of bad Casual things. Casual sexual encounters. Yeah, it's is getting one, really bad. Yep, is <laughs> one <laughs> aspect. Um, and that's and I hate to say it, that's not... And keep in mind, I mean, we're talking about parenting Christian teenagers, but all the people that do this poorly those christian teenagers are going to turn around and they're going to be in their early 30s with one divorce and maybe a kid or two under their belt yes and then they're going to be dating again right except now they're going to be using tinder instead of you know meeting a girl yeah at you know at the youth group at a church at your job at whatever and unfortunately it's going to be even less in line with what god wants unfortunately and it's going to be more towards you know the desires of the flesh yeah anyway to get back to your point yeah to me that totally makes sense Mm -hmm. and it seems to go in line with what i know the bible is talking about you need to be a leader before you can be married and lead your wife and your kids so there should be prerequisites. It's yep. a hard word to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before Pre- you prerequisites, <laughs> we sound like I have rolling my R's or use a W instead of an R. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's something that I think most people aren't going to think of. You should have these few things in place before you decide to go date someone. And I'm going to say that to any young lady or to the parents of a young lady, if the boy that asks your daughter out on a date and he wants to come over to the house and hang out and play a board game with you and it sounds very legitimate and he's a very nice guy and he goes to church and he's checking the boxes. If you find out that he's striking out on one and two here, for me, so we have a daughter, okay, so she's further down in the line. We have a little while before she's going to be on a date. But if that's the case, a young man wants to get to know her and asks if he can come over and have dinner and play a board game. And he goes to church and he's nice and he's polite and all these things. And I find out that he is totally striking out on anything to do with work or direction for work in his life. And he doesn't know the Bible. I'm going to sit him down and have a conversation with him and show him these verses and saying, look, buddy, there's not a date number two. Okay, you struck out. You are not prepared, not only for my daughter, but for any girl out there. So if you want to work real hard at figuring these things out and then come and talk to me, that's fine. We can go forward from here. But until then, there is no date number two. I did not work this hard training and raising my daughter to go out with a dud. So that's where we're at. Okay, I expect a call from your mom or dad when I drop you at home and you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Hey, so if you're talking about the man uh, needs to have his... What was the first prerequisite? Well, besides knowing God, what knowing, was the second one? Um, uh, having your work okay, lined so, out. Okay, and so, keep in mind, I don't care if you're in college to right. become an engineer and you get out and you work in engineering for a year and you hate it. Okay. And you become a realtor. That. That's fine. Okay. You, whatever. Your, your, your life doesn't have to follow whatever your five-year plan mm-hmm. is. What I'm saying is you should have a five-year plan. Okay. That you did answer my question. I was going to say how many adults these days mm-hmm. change jobs. That's fine. Change and jobs. you don't know. Anymore, you might not know your whole life's work. That might have been I'm not working in the ago. field of that I went to school right. for. And then I went back to school just recently. I'm not working in that field either, which is fine. Yeah. But they have to be on a path. Trying to work. Yeah. Trying to do something. You got it. So pl- I, yeah. the guy that's going to school for whatever, and he's working a full-time job, paying his way through school, working real hard, studying, you know, putting in a lot of time in his classes. Great. You're, so, you're on your path. They have some drive and they have some direction. Yeah. And they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Okay. They, they have a plan and they're moving in, in a direction to accomplish those right. goals for their work. Maybe they already have a job. Maybe they are working towards a degree that you need because some uh, some professions require uh, a degree or a license and you can't work in that field until you get it. And if you're working towards it, okay, great. I understand all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, okay. So then I want to back up. Let's say, so our oldest is about to turn 16. Yes. And let's say we go down the road till he's 17. He has his license. He's uh-huh. driving around. He has a job. Yes. What will you do at that point if he decides he does want to start seeing a, a young lady? He's awfully young to have that sort of direction you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, what sort of direction? Um, knowing his, he may not have, like, I want to do this for work when I'm older. Uh-huh. At 17, how many people know even what they'd want to take in college? Would well, you let him start seeing someone, or what would you let him... Yeah, but here's the thing. He's he's turning 16 in almost a month to right. the day. Yeah. Forgive me. Okay. So he's almost... He's going to be 16 almost a month to the day. Mm-hmm. He already has a job lined up for when he turns 16. Right. A full-time job. And if you were... On the other parent's side, and you had Moses come to you at 17, uh-huh. who was homeschooling. Uh-huh. He is... Working 40 hours mm-hmm. a week, <laughs> laying concrete. Is that too young? Is 17 too young to where you wouldn't let him start dating? No. So here's the thing. Okay, so so this question is about age. It is about age. Not about experience. And it was sort of tied in, but let's okay, say... Okay, so let's, yeah. go, let's go with age. I have no problem... With whatever age the couple is. Mm, okay. It depends on the couple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't depend. Age is arbitrary. I know 25-year-olds that I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. <laughs> and I right? have a 14-year-old son that I yeah. trust driving a tractor yeah. around the farm, not running into vehicles or houses. Right. Okay. okay. Sure. So it has nothing to do with the number. It has to do with their responsibility their maturity 
Those are the characteristics that I'm looking at. So for me, I doubt that many 17-year-olds are going to say, I feel like I'm ready to be a husband and a father. I would imagine, I know for our kids at 17, it scares them to death to think that they have to do what dad does. Yeah. But I don't think that means that they cannot meet a young lady who they're interested in and get to know her Mm -hmm. and go through the process we're talking about to find out, is she the one, is she not? Yeah. And if she feels like he feels like she's the one, she feels like he's the one, you and I feel like she's the one, her parents feel like he's the one, okay, great, you guys are going to get to know each other for, you know, a little while, and if there aren't any problems and all the parents are in agreement, you know, and you guys feel good about it, okay, you guys can get married. I, I don't see a problem with a couple getting married at 18. If I had to pick, I would rather they got married at 18 than 28. Oh, really? Absolutely. You'd rather they're married at 18 than 28. Yes. So why why do you say that? Because if you're married at 28, you've dated dozens of people. Hmm. You have probably... Now, here's another thing. And these are the dangers Mm -hmm. of living single. Number one... You move out from your parents' house, which is more than likely going to happen sometime between 18 and 28. Right. Oh, yeah. My goal and my hope is that our kids remain in our home until they get married. I don't want them moving out, living on their own before they get married. I would hope that they don't have to do that. And I know that flies in the face of a lot of people, and Mm -hmm. I understand the arguments against it. What you find happens to people, the longer you live by yourself, guess what you're training yourself to do? Well, you're going to get stuck in your own ways. You're not going to be flexible. Nope. And guess what? When you get married, you don't get to live by yourself ever again. As a matter of fact, we're only going to add more people to that. Yeah. So the difference between right now, any of our kids that had to get married and live with just them and their spouse would have it way easier because they have a lot (laughs) less people in the way. Yeah. This is easy. We only have to do dishes for two people. We only have to clean the house or the apartment for two people. This is... This you only is, have relationship conflicts with one person. I only have a re- relationship <laughs> that I have to work on with one right. person. Okay. Instead of fighting with everyone else you in your got house. It. Well, that, I never thought of that. That makes sense. So my point is simply, if you, when a young couple gets married, there are going to be some difficulties to being that young, granted. But you are going to grow up together, mature together, and learn these things just the two of you mm-hmm. rather than living on your own leave so the typical non-christian or you know christian family in america 18 years old leaves the house gets an apartment dates who knows how many people 
lives on their own for who knows how long. Um, then they're going to get married at 28 after doing that for 10 years. Well, they already had, by that time, they're going to be stupid enough to have gotten a pet. Okay, so <laughs> now, you know, it's me and my dog, and this is our routine, and, and now we're throwing another person into it, and they have a cat, and you're allergic to cats, yeah. and she's allergic to dogs. Right. And, you know, and now you're both coming into it where you are used to being single and having your routine and it's hard to live with another person whereas if your whole life you lived with other people and then you move into your you get married and now you have a spouse now it's the two of you you're going to figure it all out together yeah and if you think about it how many people from the age 18 to 28 can remain sexually pure almost none yeah exactly yep so your chances of of that are better if you marry younger Absolutely. I mean, God, and number one, God says to remain pure. So yep. that should be your, your, the best reason. Absolutely. However, there are, like I've talked about, there's psychological reasons too. Yeah. Because if you know your spouse has been with someone else, that could be dif- difficult. Sure. And pe- most people, that's the life they, they know. And yeah. so they don't think about the fact that if you both are virgins when you get married. Yep. That's a whole nother level of trust you just have pre-programmed or built into your marriage. Along with that, think of this. No one has preconceived ideas or expectations about a sexual relationship. Because your sexual relationship literally started with your spouse on your wedding night. So you're going to figure out everything together. Yeah. And you're both are going to be the greatest thing for that each you've other. ever had. And you this is it. awesome. Yep. And you're not going to wonder, oh, I or not think about, I wonder, you know. Yeah, if the, that girlfriend that I had oh, back when I was yeah. 23, you know, hitchhiking around Holland with my guitar on my <laughs> back like a... <laughs> well, you know, I just know what the discussions I've had with my friends and mm-hmm. other women, and that just, that pops up. Absolutely. You know, I it, it just does. Yeah. We all know that. So, so that's one, interesting. Yeah. One more reason I would rather someone get married hmm. younger than older. Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that I think every 18-year-old should get married. I'm saying that I don't have an objection to someone getting married who's young. Hmm. I don't see the benefit in waiting. I, I, just, don't, I just don't see it. I only see detriments to waiting. Hmm. So... If everybody agrees, she's the one God has for you. He's the one God has for her. Families are in support of it. They're both mature. They're both, you know, working hard. They are, they have a good direction. They love God. Great. Get married. Start the, get going on this thing. You know, don't waste five more years. What are you going to do? Date for five more years until what? Until what? I mean, that makes sense. I guess the only thing you want to flesh out first is those red flags. Absolutely. And that's where having parents involved would be a massive help. Massive help. Because they're going to spot these red flags pretty soon. Yes. Or within Uh, a year. It'll be a lot easier and a lot quicker for them to notice than for the kid who might, you know, who obviously has more of an emotional attachment. 
Yeah. Okay, the emotional attachment that you and I have for the young lady that our son is dating is going to be way less than the emotional attachment he has. Right. So we're going to be able to be objective. We're going to be able to look at the situation and say, hey, there's a real problem here. She said something when she was over here last weekend that you really need to figure out and address because mm. she started talking about how she wasn't sure she wanted kids because it would get in the way of her career and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And it's like, is that what you want to sign on for? Do you, you know, is that what you're looking to do? Because, you know, there's some scripture in the Bible that's very different from what that says. So anyway, that is my, Mm -hmm. you know, very brief and poorly put together argument for why I would rather have a kid get married at 18 than 28. I'm not saying that the age is the only factor. I'm just saying that um, if everything else lines up, what are we waiting for? Okay. Sure. I mean, that makes sense if everything else lines up. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Any, what's your next question? Well. As far as your kid hmm. dating, what have you thought of? What are you wondering? Hmm. Okay. What if the girl is lovely and she's trying to follow God and her family is a nightmare? <laughs> so that's a good one. Uh, first of all, I would say this. Usually, if her family's a nightmare, she's going to be a nightmare. It usually goes hand in hand. That's true, but Apple I doesn't have, fall, 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 fall far from the uh-huh. truth. I've seen and known outliers. Absolutely. I, I don't doubt that there will be outliers. So one thing you're going to have to do is simply have a con- this conversation with the prospective spouse, Okay. And this is the conversation that, let's say, our son needs to have with his, you know, girlfriend, for lack of a better term. I'm concerned about your family. They seem to be very emotionally driven. They seem to be prone to drama. Um, you know, they, it seems like at their get togethers, there's a lot of drinking, uh, and fighting and, you know, they seem to be doing stuff that's quite different from the way we would want to be living our lives. Okay. How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh no, no, I get it. Yeah. My, uh, my family is kind of nuts. Okay. So, you know, we'll go with that term because that's the one you used and that's fine. Um, my concern is that. When we get married, we're going to get sucked into that. And I want to know that you are going to be okay with putting up boundaries so that Mm. that's not what is going to take over and ruin our lives. Because I've been around families like that and I don't want to, I don't want to live like that. So that conversation would need to be had. Now, here's the problem. You and I both know that once you get married, well, things change. Mm-hmm. Um, people can change, people get sick, people get fired from jobs, all kinds of stuff happens, uh, where major life changing decisions have to be made. So you don't really necessarily get a say in that and you can't rely on the plan. What you can do is you can go through some exercises and these exercises can be written down. Okay, and I suggest that lots of young people who are looking to uh, get married go through 
several questionnaires with each other, trying to figure out um, uh, answers to a lot of the questions that are going to come up during marriage. Do you want kids? Do you not want kids? How many kids do you want? Do you want pets? Do you not want pets? How many pets do you want? Uh, what do you want to do for the holidays? What holidays are you okay with celebrating? How do you want to do it? Okay, because some people, you know, I knew people back east where it's like, okay, my mom and dad are divorced, your mom and dad are divorced, and are we saying that every Thanksgiving we're going to drag our kids to four different Thanksgiving meals, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's the holidays? Mm -hmm. uh, because maybe the wife, that's exactly what she's thinking. Well, it's Thanksgiving. We got to go see yeah. everybody. Huh. And the husband's like, uh, no, I was thinking we're a family. We're going to have gonna Thanksgiving <laughs> and we don't have to worry about the family. Okay. We're not driving all over town because I know people that have done both. I, yeah. You know, you and I made that decision early on. We're doing holidays at our home. We're going to do it at our home the way we want. If people want to come visit, great. You know, but we're not going to drive all over the place and do this and do that. And, and you know, it's just a lot of stress. And we said, no, that's, that's not the way we want to go. I think all of those questions need to be asked. I think they should be asked uh, and answered in written form, in email. And I think, honestly, I think a plan should be come up with. Uh, the couple should come up with a plan, and I think it should be written down. Now, I'm not saying it's a contract and you notarize it, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if we're going to disagree on these things, let's do it now. Let's talk about it now. I don't want it because I want a lot of kids. You want a lot of kids. If six months into the marriage, you said, I don't want any kids, that would be a big life-changing decision that would be hard to swallow. So let's figure that out now. Now, I understand things might change. Okay, we both agreed we wanted four kids and you almost died during the first two we had. And we said, right, you know, right. we don't know if we want to take this chance. Yeah, so we're going to stop course. at two. Okay, things change. Things happen. My point is there's nothing that says you can't talk about it ahead of time and form a plan. You can write that plan down. You can bring that plan to your loved ones and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. Do you see any place that this falls outside of the Bible. You can bring it to your pastor. You can bring it to your parents. You can talk about these things and say, hey, this is where we're at. I know that mom and dad, you guys do this a little differently. This is the way that we feel we're going to go right now. I just want you to know that we've talked about it, you know, and uh, this is our plan. I don't see people doing any of that. I mean, I don't either. I know there's been, at different churches we've been a part of, there's a smattering of um, counseling, mm -hmm. uh, marriage counseling before. Yeah. I at hate some to, churches. Yeah. And even those, it's usually like two or three hours, you know. I don't remember and what And they ours go through entailed, a pamphlet, you know. and Okay, maybe some of it isn't great. That's all I'm saying is I think a lot of it is going through the motions, it, you know. Maybe. It, it's... Here's the thing. Okay, this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna say. There is nothing that three hours of marriage counseling prior to a wedding is going to fix that a lifetime of not reading the Bible and knowing what God yeah. said. That's true. 
the lifetime of preparation to not obey God is not going to be fixed in three hours of pre-marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. That's what right. I'm saying. It's no, not going to do it's anything. True. I totally agree with you there. So you either need to figure out what the word of God says and be okay with it, or, you know, you're just going to go down the road and do whatever you feel like. You and I have gone through a lot of that. We talked about all these things beforehand. And I can't say our life is exactly the way that we talked about because things change Mm -hmm. and people grow and you learn things and you make decisions as things come up. But there have been a lot of things in our life that we at least knew where each other stood prior to getting married. Right. Big things. Yeah. And we had the conversations about all of those big things. Right. And I think far too many people just jump into marriage not knowing anything and then it falls apart Mm -hmm. and it blows me away that the biggest decision in your life other than coming to christ as your savior people put no energy or effort into they don't make any plans they just yeah i love this person all right well there you go. Good enough. That's all you need, right? All you need is love. It's nonsense. The Beatles were morons. Well, well, and part of it is the fairy tale painted by every everything. Yeah. Movies and, you know. Romantic comedies have ruined. <laughs> well, they've ruined women for marriages marriage. and weddings. <laughs> right. But, you know. No, it, it's true. Um, I had one other thing I was going to say, but I can't remember. Well, I know we're talking about dating and raising what's the title of this podcast <laughs> uh parenting christian teenagers oh, so we parenting can, christian teenagers yeah, i mean I we think, can get back to that if you want well i think something that needs to be hammered into their vocabulary into their brain mm-hmm. is that divorce is not in your vocabulary yeah when, and then that has to go all the way back to when you start thinking of whatever you want to call it dating or if we want to call it courtship sure what our version of that needs to be in their head back then. Mm-hmm. This is someone I'm getting to know, and it's going to be maybe someone I'm with forever. Yeah. This isn't just, oh, if it doesn't work out. Sure. I think that's a lot of Christians' problem, or people in the world, is divorce is an option. No, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, well, this is what my parents did. They're divorced, and they're not too bad, so therefore it's not an issue. Um, but I think it needs to start from a young age where no, uh, you get married and you stay married forever. And then through the dating process, that needs to be part of the conversation as well. Yeah. Bring it up when you're getting to know this person. Absolutely. I want you to know that, you know, if we're going to get married, uh, I am never going to be okay with a divorce. I'm never going to sign papers that are okay with a divorce, you know, for me, we're going to get married. We're going to stay married forever. We're going to have good times and bad times, and we're going to fix it, and we're going to get through it, and we're going to work on it, uh, whatever that takes. And when you go into it with that mindset, it's quite a bit different. Um, what would help is if there were Christian parents on both sides that would be that yeah. said the same thing, right? I had a friend of mine who was married and and I don't remember how old they were. I'm going to say like 22, 24, something in there. Okay, a little younger than us. 
uh, they went through Bible college for a couple of years, maybe four years. I don't remember. And then, uh, you know, they were married. And I remember um, they were both from the same area. Mm-hmm. And I think they might have went to the same church or, or were very close. And they had a whatever, you know, a knockdown, drag out kind yeah. of fight where, <laughs> you know, they're yelling at each other. And it was the first big fight of their marriage right where they're yelling at each other and the wife uh grabbed a suitcase and threw her clothes in the suitcase and said you know uh i'm leaving um whatever i'll call you tomorrow or something and she drove across town to her mom and dad's and she you know just walked in the door and they were like who's here, you know? And she comes in, you know, crying her eyes out. And she's like me and I don't want to use their names. Me and -and so-and-so had a fight. And the mom and dad looked at each other and they're like, well, what are you doing here? And she's like, what? They're like, you can get your butt right back in that car and drive back to your husband because you are not staying here. Wow. So figure it out. And that was it. They pushed her out the door and locked the door. And they're like, good luck. And, uh, yeah, and uh, her and her husband both told me it was the absolute best thing that could have happened. You know, so she was forced to grow up and be an adult. You got it and deal with it. And she went home and, you know, on the drive to her parents and back, obviously, you know, she felt kind of stupid, you know, and he had time to calm down and think a little too. And they, you know, and they made up and they apologized and talked through it and they were fine. That doesn't happen enough. Right. I mean, the Christian parents and the other parents in the world will just um, yeah. side with their kid yeah. and tell them, yeah, that's terrible. Or they get too involved. Yes. Whereas you need to be able to work it out together. The yeah. husband and wife need to yeah. to work out their disagreement or their fight. Absolutely. And, people need, and that's just as another side note I'd like to bring up. I have so many, I've talked to so many women about uh-huh. their marital issues. I don't know what something about me. I don't know. <laughs> but um and their side of the story is, well, he won't do and he won't change. He won't go to counseling. I don't know if that's true or not. But both people, if you can have your your son or daughter who's getting to know someone, if you can interject that like hey, in the future, both of you be willing to work on it. Mm-hmm. And if you think that that uh, person you're dating would be willing to work and get help, then that's great. That's all you can ask for because all of us are going to have bumps in the road. Sure. If you're both willing to apologize or work on it, Mm -hmm. that's all you need, right? And, of course, the Lord, but anyway. No, it's the truth. Um, No marriage is going to be perfect and without trouble. Absolutely. You're going to disagree. You're going to have fights. Yep. You know. Yeah, for me, anytime I hear that argument, well, they're not willing to do anything, they're not willing to um, work on it or go talk to somebody or what what have you, okay, well, that might be the case. Uh, You're not going to be able to force them. The only thing you can do is give them an ultimatum, and I, I don't think ultimatums are good in almost any case. Um. But here, here's, okay, here's the biggest problem. 
so many people. So I'm going to give you a secret to marriage counseling. Okay, this is what you do. You sit the couple down and I will personally only um, counsel a couple one time together. Mm-hmm. After that, I'll talk to the husband individually and the wife individually, and that's it. Okay. If we have to talk all together again, that's fine. I mean, we can do it. But the point is, is this. So many times the husband thinks the wife needs to change everything and the wife needs, thinks the husband needs to change everything. Sure. And one of the first <laughs> exercises I'll run someone through is, okay, your marriage is less than optimal suboptimal mm-hmm. all right so we need to change some stuff to make it better yeah yeah okay okay good um here's what i need you to do you go sit over there you sit over there take a pen and paper i need you to write down the five things that need to change in order to make mm. this marriage better you mm-hmm. only get five okay so think about them and make them count more often than not what are her five things that need to change his issues his whatever it things. is she doesn't like and what are his five things i'm that sure need it's to her change? okay yeah. and then you go through and you help them realize that there is no amount of counseling you that's going to change your husband mm-hmm. and there's no amount of counseling you that's going to change your wife that's it <laughs> right <laughs> okay I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm laughing because it is true. Well, and I always ask everyone, I'm like, look, you two have been yelling at each other plenty about what you want the other one to change. Right. Have they changed? Not from yelling. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's not going to happen if I tell them either. Right. So what you have to find out or what they have to figure out is that you are going to counseling for you. You are going to help you fix you mm-hmm. and he is going to come for him to fix him but if he's coming to fix you it ain't going to work yeah, and if you're coming right. to fix him it ain't going to work either so if you're both okay with doing that then great we can move forward the problem is everyone wants to clean up the other side of the street it's like no you only get to clean up your side of the street that's all you have control over yeah that's it so when one person is not willing to do anything okay great are you willing to do anything yeah okay well you should probably start meeting with somebody and getting you know some help some recovery go through some therapy and get your side of the street clean and yet and get your life on track doing what you're supposed to do well what about them well We can't control them. Now, Mm -hmm. there is one great thing that we can do. And as Christians, we happen to have a direct line to the creator of the universe. And he Mm -hmm. can very quickly and easily change your spouse. Right. The problem is you probably don't believe that he'll Mm -hmm. do it. Because if you did, you'd already be praying and then you wouldn't be here because God would have done it already. Yeah. And I mean... I guess this podcast kind of got into the realm of marriage. Yeah, sure. But that's something I want um, definitely to explain to our kids and make sure they understand that that's an, uh, this may be something that you guys come up against. 
but these are the ways to remedy it. Mm-hmm. And these are the tool. These are the tools you have in your toolkit when, you know, you're thinking of marriage. Yeah. Um, and what you just touched on is something I've brought up to whoever is having problems. You know, have you fasted and prayed for this issue? Mm-hmm. Because that's where you're going to see movement. You know, divorce isn't the option. You're not. That isn't something to consider. And not a lot of praying goes into divorce. No, and I understand. <laughs> According to whoever, person A, they're miserable. I, I'm sorry. I sure, feel bad I that it. they're miserable. Yep. But, I mean, you know, there's other things you can do. You can, like you said, go to counseling for yourself. Do things that you can to to be happy, mm-hmm. even if the marriage isn't. Mm-hmm. And then are you praying? Are you fasting and praying for your spouse? If they're not willing, so... As they're saying, they're not willing to work on it. The spouse, yep. well, then God can change them. Absolutely. You can't. <laughs> so many people but, flat out do not believe that God can change their spouse. If no. they did believe that, they would be praying, they would be fasting and praying to get those results. They just don't do it. And the Bible actually gives specific instruction, especially to the wives, saying, look, you have a way to change your husband. And God says, it's me. Do it this way. Right. And I will get through to him. Yeah. And I mean, the only, I've had some people bring up to me the issue of, well, you know, physical abuse and violence. I mean, we can get into that if you want to stay. You can, there's other things you can do besides divorce to keep yourself safe. Sure. No one's asking you to stay in a marriage where you're getting beat up. No, No, I don't know anyone that would say that i'm sure someone would but they're a moron you know if you're if your safety is a concern then you leave mm-hmm. you put distance in there you know no no one's gonna give you a hard time about that um and then you figure out you know yeah. what the uh, appropriate course of action is after that but if you want to get back to teenagers this really went into marriage <laughs> yeah no we can cert- do you have any other questions or thoughts about teenagers and dating and the whole thing before we no, Wrap I just wanted to make sure, you know, um, our kids will understand what you do when you do face issues. At least give them the synopsis. Mm-hmm. And then they can circle back later if they're having an issue. That's about it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that is uh, where we're going to leave it as far as uh, parenting Christian teenagers. i um, just going to say if... If you have no plan for how your Christian teenagers are going to date and meet people and, you know, what the parameters are for getting into a relationship, what they're going to be, then by default, you're going to end up doing what the world does and you're going to be in trouble. You have to have a plan. You can't, the ostrich parenting is no way to be successful. Don't just bury your head in the sand and hope everything works out. It will not. Uh, you have to be active. You have to have a plan. You have to talk with your kids. And you should start doing this as young as possible. Uh, talking about marriage and mommy and daddy and and all the wonderful things that uh, daddy does and why he's great and all the wonderful things mommy does and why she's great. And what you're doing is you're starting to train your kids to understand what they should be looking for in a spouse. So with that, we are past an hour. I'm going to go ahead and just say we wrap mm-hmm. it up. 
Uh, I'm going to thank you for coming on here with me and having this conversation. And I'm going to let everyone know that you can join us every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. All you got to do is go to Google and uh, type in Bible Thumper Podcast. You'll find a YouTube channel and a Facebook page where we do these videos live. On top of that, you can download review rate share and subscribe to the podcast you can do that on spotify apple podcast google play anywhere and everywhere you listen to a podcast and we would appreciate if you would do that that helps us a lot and helps it uh helps the podcast get out in front of more people and with that i'm just gonna say thank you for joining us and please come back next sunday night uh, we're going to have Caleb on. Caleb is going to be on vacation with his family in, I think, Puerto Rico. Wow. So I'm <laughs> sure there'll be no problems with the internet or, or a reliable electrical grid uh, down there. And uh, we're going to see about doing the podcast um, with a uh, with a foreign guest, someone in another country. Mm. So that'll be exciting. Uh, And then uh, we'll have Zach on uh, the week after that. So thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. And then don't forget also you can get in touch with me, Patrick Hayes at BibleThumperPodcast at gmail.com if you want to chit chat or you want to suggest a topic that we get into in the future. Have a great week.